0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how socializing too much can be bad for your health, rogue planets that wander the galaxy without a home star, and how ancient Persian technology could help us fight climate change.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity. Human beings are social animals. And as a result, socializing tends to make us healthier and happier while isolation can cause harm. But a new study suggests that you can have too much of a good thing. As in, socializing too much can be bad for your health. To find this out, social psychologists from Tilburg University in the Netherlands reviewed 16 years of data from the European Social Survey. That's a biennial survey that measures different aspects of people's beliefs and behaviors roughly 393,000 people in their 30s to their 60s took the survey between 2002 and 2018. When they crunched the data, the researchers were most interested in how often participants socialized with friends, relatives, and colleagues. They compared that frequency to their rating of their physical health. And when researchers plotted it out on a graph, it looked a bit like a squashed bell curve. At first... Physical health seemed to improve with more frequent social contact, but after a certain point, the line plateaued, which suggests that the benefits wore off once people were socializing several times per week. So socializing more than several times a week doesn't help your health, which makes you wonder if it could actually hurt it. And researchers looked into this too. They analyzed data from a German survey that measured the long-term well-being of around 50,000 people, along with when they died. That gave researchers a measure of their lifespan. The team looked at how often respondents visited with neighbors, friends, acquaintances, family members and relatives, and they found that socializing daily didn't lead to better health or a longer life. Even worse... Going beyond daily social visits was associated with a greater risk of death. The team thinks it could come down to the fact that a greater quantity of social interactions means more of those interactions are of a lower quality. I mean, not every interaction can be deep and meaningful. And when you're seeing friends and family because of social pressure or FOMO, it's just added stress. Like, get this. Never seeing family was just as bad as seeing them daily. Because like I said, you can always have too much of a good thing. Just think about the harms of exercising or brushing your teeth too much. According to this study, it seems like the sweet spot for social time is some point between never and monthly. So make sure your calendar isn't too full and make sure to build in some alone time. Canceling plans has never felt so good.
1: Billions of stars orbit the center of our galaxy, and many of these stars have at least one planet orbiting them. But not all stars belong to a galaxy, and not all planets orbit a star. Rogue planets are worlds that drift through the universe unattached to any star. And they're not rare, either. Experts estimate that there are billions of them in our galaxy alone. So if all the planets we're familiar with form and live around a star, where do rogue planets come from? Well, it could be from a couple of different places. Most likely, they started out in a solar system, only to be ejected by the gravity of a more massive planet or by colliding with another planetary body. But they might also form on their own out of a random cloud of gas and dust way out there in the boondocks of space. Since they often form like any other planet, they can even have moons. Recent research even suggests that they could be habitable. Usually, astronomers detect exoplanets, that is, planets outside of our solar system, in relation to their home stars. And since rogue planets don't have a home star, they present a unique challenge. Astronomers overcome this challenge in one of two ways. If the planet is young enough, researchers can use infrared technology to detect the heat it gives off. Kind of like a SWAT team would use night vision goggles to catch a suspect. If the rogue planet is large enough, its mass can actually bend the light of the stars we see behind it. Its gravity basically acts as a massive lens, which is why astronomers call this method gravitational microlensing. Neither of these methods is perfect, since they can't detect anything smaller than Jupiter. But so far, the discoveries they've enabled have led researchers to estimate that in the Milky Way, at least, rogue planets outnumber stars 60 to 1. A 2019 simulation of star behavior suggested that our galaxy could contain 50 billion rogue planets. As they say, not all who wander are lost.
0: How do you cool off a building, in the summer, in the desert, without using any energy? If that sounds like an impossible engineering challenge, then I've got some news for you. Workers living in ancient desert cities figured it out more than 3,000 years ago. Modern engineers are still learning from their brilliant insights today. The ancient Egyptians were some of the earliest people to harness the wind to cool down buildings, at least as far as archaeologists have discovered. The technology became its most sophisticated in the dry, hot city of Yazd, which is located in modern-day Iran. Their greatest achievement may have been the Bodgir, or wind catcher in Persian. The basic idea was pretty simple. A tower with several openings sits on top of a building, and it catches wind as it blows by. Those openings funnel the wind into the building. The cool air displaces warm air, and that escapes through a vent or a different tower. And there you go, an indoor oasis without any AC. But don't be fooled by the simplicity of the idea It was the details that made the Badgirs of Yazd so effective. To cool as effectively as possible, a tower had to be the right shape with the right pattern of openings. The tower and house both needed to face the right direction, and inside the tower, the blades, air canals, and empty spaces were designed to maximize cooling capacity. Some Bodgears used underground pools of water to cool down the air even more before it made it into the living space. The technology spread across the Middle East and North Africa, but eventually Bodgears fell out of favor as modern air conditioning displaced the ancient technique. But that's not the end of the story. Some of the most advanced buildings constructed in the last 50 years have used similar technology to cut back on energy used for cooling. One study in the UK found that more than 7,000 structures built in the 80s and early 90s used wind catchers to cool things down. The Visitor Center at Zion National Park in Utah uses passive cooling techniques. They do it so effectively that rangers there hardly ever have to use regular old AC. Passive cooling will even keep sports fans comfortable at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. So when modern technology fails you, it's a good idea to look to the past. Our ancestors did some pretty cool things.
1: All right, well, let's recap what we learned today to wrap up, starting with the fact that socializing too much can be bad for your health. We know that because of a study that looked at the social frequency of hundreds of thousands of Europeans and compared that with their physical health. Turns out that health improves as you socialize more often, but only to a point. Once you start socializing daily or more, your health starts to decline. So the sweet spot for social time seems to be somewhere between never and monthly. It's up to you to break it to mom. But still call your mom. Of
0: course. Just a good thing to do.
1: I was just particularly amazed by that fact that seeing family every day is just as bad as never seeing them at all. I mean, that that speaks to my soul. (laughs) (laughs) No offense, family.
0: I love you. It's just, you know, small doses can always have too much of a good thing. Absolutely. We also learned that rogue planets are planets that wander the galaxy unattached to any star. Some of them probably formed in solar systems before being ejected by some other planet, maybe because they were over-socialized? Probably not, but other rogue planets might have formed on their own out of a cloud of gas and dust beyond any solar system. Some might even be habitable. But one thing is almost certain, there are way more of them than stars. It's estimated that they outnumber stars in our galaxy by 60 to 1.
1: Wow! And the
0: idea that they could be habitable, like,
1: there's life living on this dark planet that's just careening through space with no sun and no other planets around it. Like, what kind of life would that be? That's amazing.
0: Yeah, and you thought 52 blue was lonely.
1: I like to think of rogue planets. Maybe it's the name. I like to think of rogue planets. not as lonely, just as outlaws.
0: They're independent, and they don't need no star.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And we learned that engineers in ancient Persia figured out an eco-friendly way to keep buildings cool more than 3,000 years ago. It's called the Badgir, and it's a tower with several openings that sits on top of a building and funnels in cold air to displace any warm air. Some used pools of cool water to turn the temp down even more. Now that the planet is warming, engineers are looking back at this ancient technology for modern buildings. It'll even be used to cool fans during the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Sports fans, not, like, air fans. Right, yes. If we use the electric fans and then the fans heat up too much, then you need the bod gear to cool down the fans. Yeah. I mean, it's it could happen.
0: It's a bit convoluted, but...
1: But it's cool that, like, this isn't just kind of an obscure technology. This is something that, you know, you might encounter in your daily life. Utah, the World Cup, I'm sure it'll pop
0: up in a bunch of other places. Yeah. And help us curb climate change because, you know, that's a thing that should happen.
1: Right. Yeah. it, It is kind of interesting how building design has changed with the advent of air conditioners. Like they stopped building buildings in a way that cooled them naturally. And we could just do that again. Like there's nothing stopping us from doing that again. So that seems like a really easy fix for some of this stuff.
0: Yeah. I was just talking to somebody that's getting a new house and they want to take down a bunch of trees so that they can put on solar panels. (laughs) And it's like, but trees cool your house. And I I get it. it. Like, please don't send us an email about like the exact cost benefit. But like, A lot of natural benefits to having trees. And yes, you need to trim them and maintain them and make sure that they're not going to come crashing down in your house. Like, I I get it. I literally am married to someone who used to be a climbing arborist. I understand how this all works. But I'm just saying that I don't think that necessarily everyone thinks of trees and shade as a thing that actually helps their home. But like there are natural resources that can help our houses also. Another thing people complain about with trees and too much shade is that you can't do as much gardening because a lot of flowers need a lot of sun. And I run into this. I have a ton of old growth trees. I cannot plant most flowers in my backyard. But you know what? I'll survive because the trees were here first. I'm quite the tree advocate. So you are. Come at me, bro. (laughs) Come at me, bro.
1: Today's writers were Steffi
0: Drucker and Grant Curran. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer on today's episode. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Call your mom, unless you already talked to her twice today and yesterday and the day before. Remember, you can't have too much of a good thing, but you can't have too much of curiosity daily. I mean, we're such a short show, right? So join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.